Hey, this is Jesse Paul Smith, co-founder of Worldwide Dance Challenge and My Creative District. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the co-founder of Worldwide Dance Challenge and founder of My Creative District, Jesse Paul Smith. Jesse talks about how if you always focus on the cost, you'll lose out on the reward. He gets into how self-education gives you the flexibility to be who you want to be. And Jesse explains how to get clear on these three questions. Who do I want to impact? How can I impact them? And what is the next step you need to get your win? Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, this is a first with the man that we've got coming here. We have got the co-founder of Worldwide Dance Challenge and founder of My Creative District, my friend, Jesse Smith. Jesse, man, welcome to the show. Hey, 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 what's going on, man? Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. When the listeners realize all the beautiful nuggets that you're dropping today and they want to work with you or they just want to reach out and learn more about you, where's the best way personally or through social that they can connect with you? Man, they can find me anything Jesse Paul Smith on any social media platform. I keep it easy so that way people can find me easy. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. You name it, Jesse Paul Smith, and we'll have that in the show notes below. And just real quick, we're, we're going to name drop a little bit to get their attention. You've danced with some of the most amazing performers and artists in the world. Would you mind sharing a couple of the names that you have worked around and why you what you do when it comes to coaching, dancing, everything is just amazing? Yeah, so I've had the awesome privilege of uh, doing some work with Justin Timberlake and Rihanna, Channing Tatum, uh, just to just to name a few, and I've uh, been able to perform on four different continents in front of over a hundred thousand people uh, in my career. So it's been uh, I've been blessed. Yeah, and and I just I think that gets some people's attention right there when they hear that. Now, Jesse. He holds his own when it comes to those amazing artists and performance because he's an amazing, amazing artist and performer and and coach and so much more that we're going to learn about today. So let's uh, let's dive into this, man. You know, when when you and I were younger, our ability to learn has really changed over the last five, 10 years versus when we were younger. We used to be teachers, textbooks. And then that's like family, friends and and just you know, our coworkers, people around us, but that's really a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your earlier versus today? Man, huh. I grew up in a, in a, a house. My dad was, uh, worked for park maintenance forestry in the city of Duluth, where I grew up. 
And my mom was a, a CNA and it was very much the whole, my dad told me and my mom encouraged me to go to school, go to, go to college, do that whole nine yards because that was uh, the thing to do. My dad wanted me to have more opportunity since he never went to college. Uh, my mom was a LPN uh, when they had those back, back in the days. And uh, so she would always encourage me to, to go to college because that was the route to go to have a successful career. And, you know, the only way to learn was through studying textbooks, as you mentioned, textbooks. And, and I also grew up in a, I grew up in a, a really Christian focused household. My grandfather was in ministry, holds it. He had, he held a doctorate in theology and was always studying the Bible. And so I learned a lot from studying with him and that, that was kind of the way that I learned how early on to, 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 to study was through books. And if I was going to learn through experience, it was, you know, it was going to be kind of learn on my own. And I, I always had these dreams to do big things. I always had these dreams to like, honestly, like get a record deal and go to Hollywood and, and do, you know, you know, do performing on a big, on a big scale. And because of where I grew up, nobody in where I was from lived that lifestyle, had any aspirations to that way, to that kind of stuff. And so I didn't really learn the value of mentorship. And it wasn't even until I went out to California and failed as a dancer, came back, had a bad record deal, failed again, and kind of was at my low point where I, I started to believe that because the things that I was doing wasn't working, that I wasn't meant to do them because I didn't have the, the mindset to be able to overcome failure. I, as Tony Robbins talked about it, I would assign like really bad meanings to things. And so it was when I was really introduced to personal growth and development and honestly read unlimited power by Tony Robbins was my first personal growth and development book started to learn the value of, you know, mentorship. And when I got my first mentor who ended up being a friend of mine that had like exploded in his growth. And we had kind of parted ways over the years and came back together. When I started to learn the value of mentorship, I went from $170,000 in debt, broke, uh, facing bankruptcy, uh, really in a low point mentally and emotionally to being debt-free, uh, innovating an industry and loving life again in a matter of nine months, not because I learned sales techniques from a textbook, but because I spent time with somebody that poured into me and taught me through experience and time and repetition uh, that changed my life forever. Wow. And, and, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me that you were saying there is in your town, you didn't have anyone that had those aspirations. And I'm wondering at the same point, did you have anyone that even could show you a roadmap? in your hometown growing up. And that's the biggest thing, you know, why we're, you know, masterminds, coaching, mentorship, they have pre-recorded or, and, and not literally pre-recorded, but they already have a, they already have the roadmap. They're living it. They've lived it, whatever it is, and they can pass that along. And if you don't have those kinds of people around you, it's really difficult to, to change your current position, your current trajectory. Well, and I think, I think a big part that comes with that is it's kind of like, 
when you go and buy a car and you decide for me, I kind of like to be the guy that gets something that nobody has, right? I kind of like to have my own style. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, driving around the same car as everybody else. And so, you know, it's that, it's that, that example of going and buying a car that you think nobody has, that nobody has the color of that, whatever you drive off the lot. And literally as you're pulling off of the dealership driveway, you see 10 cars go by the same color, same make. And I don't know if it's so much that I didn't have people in my area that knew a roadmap. I just wasn't, I was not introduced to the thought process of finding somebody that did. And so I think that's the big thing now is like, people realizing that they need mentorship and mentorship when I was growing up was kind of like if you were a troubled kid, right? You needed mentors to go to the, you know, to the, the kids that were in juvie to help them turn their life around. It wasn't so much to, to find somebody that was successful because you wanted to be successful because you were already doing well, or you already wanted to find somebody that was Kill, killing it in business or better than you. It was always this negative connotation. And so uh, I think that's been the big thing for me too, is realize that just because I have a mentor or because I have a coach doesn't mean I'm broken. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so true. It's, it's, we're, we're built, it's in our DNA. Our DNA sits there and says, this is what this fits in this box. And this is how you're supposed to do it. When you start living out, you know, you, you don't have to live outside a box. You just live in a world without a box. And you start yes. surrounding yourself, you empty out your cup, you start surrounding yourself with the right people in the right order. And those mentors appear, those coaches appear, the opportunities yep. start knocking. You're like, oh my gosh. So I absolutely, absolutely love what you just said and agree with you. Um, you know, kind of, you know, speaking in ways that we learn, there's more ways to learn than ever. And it can be a little confusing. Some people use an accountability buddy, a mastermind, an online course. Lots of ways to learn out there. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you find them? So I, I'm, I'm really blessed to be a part of the John Maxwell team. And, and when I was, when I was growing a, a hearing aid company that uh, me and my friend were growing at the time, we really started, started diving into this personal growth and development stuff. And before I really started doing that. I had heard of John Maxwell, but you know, really didn't know much too much about him. But in 2016, I learned about this team that he had this this coaching program that he had available and I joined that and and man, I I I dove head first into that and and you know, I think one of the big things that people do when they start getting into this world is they look at how much programs cost, right? Or they'll look for the cheapest option. And I remember walking around, I got involved in the John Maxwell team and there was another, you know, I'd spent a lot of money to get there and had already spent 10 grand to get there with the trip and, you know, the program and everything. And then they were upselling me to this new program, the the, the mentorship program. And I remember walking around and uh, I was asking, you know, I was asking these people that had upgraded to that program if it was worth it. And I kept mentioning the cost. And I remember like, like it was yesterday. And they said, the, this one guy that I asked him, uh, Paul Gustafson, a great friend of mine, I was asking him about, he says, Jesse, if you always focus on the cost, you'll lose out on the reward. And that really hit me when it came to investing in the program that was right for me. 
And, uh, you know, since then I've been, I've been an active participant in, in all of their programs. They have two conferences a month or two conferences a year that I go to coincidentally, because I invested in that program, it's also the very same place that gave me permission to get back into the industry that I was so passionate about and actually lean into my authenticity and to be able to become the the healthy version of myself that I desperately needed permission to be because I was around the right types of people. So I'm constantly learning from not just John Maxwell himself. I've had the I've had the opportunity to not to not only learn from him, I've danced on stage with him. He almost fell off the stage and I kept him from falling off the stage. You can ask uh, anybody on the team that was there in 2019 about that. It's an interesting story, but I've had the privilege of learning from him. I've had the privilege of learning from people in that team. I mean, we've, I've, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to podcasting, you and I both have a, a friend of us that we learn from Travis that I I've learned valuable stuff from, from him. And I'm, I'm finding that I'm, I'm learning from as many people as I can get to. I've had the benefit of uh, interviewing people from for my podcast, much like you're doing. So I've had some amazing guests on there. Uh, Michael Coles, former CEO of of Caribou Coffee and and founder of Great American Cookie Company. So I, I have I have this awesome opportunity to sit down and and learn from these guys. And now I'm 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 learning a ton from uh, about the entertainment business from one of the best, Lady Gaga's choreographer um, Richie Jackson. I spend a lot of time getting familiar with the ins and outs of the entertainment company. So uh, or entertainment business. So I'm I'm learning uh, as much as I can because just like you, I found that if you want results or if you want to learn something or learn about an industry, learn a craft, get close to the ones that are absolutely crushing it and just model what they do. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're able to, someone's probably already done it, you know, hundred percent. And, and, and why try to recreate the wheel? I mean, I know there's ingenuity, there's creativity, things do come, but it usually is spurred from uh, learning from other people's you know, mistakes, miss, you know, shortcomings, or just from their successes, watching them and taking how it pertains to you, taking it out, plug and playing it in your own Rubik's cube to where it makes sense. And, you know, you, you, you know, a couple of things that you mentioned in there is like, they gave you permission to yep. go back to, to what you love. And I think a lot of the time we kind of get stuck in our own head. We can't see the picture through the frame. We can't see the tree through the forest, you know, we're still going through some form of a pandemic, but to me, it's causing a reset in how we can accomplish things. How have masterminds and coaching, like you were just mentioning, helped you when you're looking to get unstuck and give yourself permission to move forward? Man, I, I mean, you can learn a lot from the program, but you also learn a lot from the people. So when it comes to mastermind groups, one of the things that I have found that has been the most valuable is not just the content. All that's great. Content has changed my life. But the people that gather around that content can make just as big of an impact on you. And that happened for me, literally. I mean, you know, we were a part of a, a, of a mastermind program that I met my now business partner, Zach Knight. And, you know, I was really in a weird spot because we all go through peaks and valleys. We all go through these times where we have a breakthrough and then we all have these times where, you know, where we're, we're completely stuck. Right. And for me, uh, I had gone through a couple of peaks and valleys. I, you know, 
I scaled this company from a franchise that was failing from $476,000. We crushed it and, and 10X the revenue to $4.4 million in four years. We developed a sales process that was that was helping people literally triple their close rates without using any of these hard closing techniques. We were doing a lot of great things, but in that journey, you know, I realized and, and kind of was reintroduced to the fact that I had a really good, strong skill set in sales. And I was good at leading teams. I was good at building teams. But you have to remember that in order for you to really live a fulfilled life is that you can't just have, you can't just lean on what you're good at. You have to also find what you're passionate about. Ken Coleman talks about this in in his talk to Liberty University students. He calls it the sweet spot where you're, so many people are looking for their calling or where they belong in life. And he talks about, you can find it where your strengths and your passions intersect. What am I really good at? And, and what am I really passionate about and how do they combine? Cause usually that's can, that you, you can find not only where you, where you as a, as a contributor to, to life are supposed to hang out, but you can generally find your audience that is, that is meant to be impacted by your message. And I was really living on my strengths into the point where if you get, if you get too, too, if you lean too much on your strengths, you can be really good at something and be miserable. Well, I was really good at training sales, but because I was only looking at it through the lens of what I was good at, I was trying to connect with people that I didn't necessarily connect with. And it was burning me out. And I was making good money and doing a lot of cool things, but all of a sudden I started seeing my revenue go down. I started to see my like my my excitement for life go down to the point where I was starting to get familiar with this feeling of depression that I had when I got back from, uh, when I had my bad record deal. And so I go to this mastermind and here's the thing. I go to this mastermind thing and connect with all these people, listen to this content. And I leave frustrated. I was mad because I didn't get anything. I didn't get my breakthrough moment. And I'm sitting here going, this mastermind was a waste of money. I shouldn't have done this, blah, 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 blah. And what you have to realize is sometimes you're, you're, the, the value that you're going to get from an event, a mastermind course, uh, you know, a, a retreat might not come in the moment. It might come as, you know, as a byproduct of that moment. And mine happened literally a month and a half after the moment. And all I did was I made a decision that I was going to stop chasing money and stop doing what was I was just good at. I was going to give myself permission again, right, to lean into who I was and to serve the audience that I had all these limiting beliefs around. And all I did was I gave one phone call, but it was a phone call to somebody that was in a mastermind program that was taught to think differently, that was taught to think outside of the box, that was taught to, you know, look at life outside of the norm. And from that came an idea that changed the trajectory of not only my business, but my entire life. But it became, it was, it was out of the fact that I invested in a mastermind program and got me around the right type of people. Yeah, that's, my gosh, I've got so many stories behind that one to where I've had that moment in the mastermind. And then I've had the moments after, and then it's because of the people that are in it. I mean, and there's all different ways. It's sometimes it sneaks up on you. You just, 
you don't know what to expect. But but the people, absolutely critical. Out of the mastermind, there are are there two companies that have been formed out of that one specifically that I know of. Yeah, you've had yeah. a couple people with you. And then you have four other guys on another one that have already created, uh, I think, a six-figure re- revenue stream at a minimum. Yep. So yeah, they're crushing it right now. Yeah, it's 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 truly it truly is amazing. And when you take when you go from a scarcity mindset of how much is this going to cost to me cost me to an abundant mindset of what's the, what's the return on my investment when I invest in myself? Big difference. Big yep. shift right there and how you see it. And we talk about that all the time. So, you know, speaking of masterminds, they've been around, you know, for a long time. If you think about it, the first one was the apostles. And there then you go. eventually uh, Benjamin Franklin, he, uh, he creates the uh, Junto club or the Leverett apron club. And then there's a guy named Napoleon Hill and he kind of rounds it out in the book where he really solidifies what a mastermind is as Self-education continues to see this huge boom. Where do you see the parallels going between standard education and self-education moving forward? That's a great question. I think that, you know, with self-education, the, the advantage of self-education is the flexibility of it. And, and I also feel like it's, it's, it gives people a chance to find a way, one, to educate themselves the way that they need to be educated. Not everybody is a textbook person, right? Not everybody's a test taker type of person. But I also think self-education gives you the ability to study things that are relevant to the things that you want to do long-term. You know, instead of giving some kid a science book, and again, I'm not arguing that education, our education system doesn't have value, but you know, to have somebody spend 12 years of their life studying science or English and they have very little to no interest in it, but, you know, they want to, they want to dive deep into, you know, building, building websites, right? And they might be, they might be very well somebody that the, the science world uses to build an innovative website, but give them the ability to go down the path that they are, that they are starting to align with. I think self-education and how it's going is going to force our education system to be a little bit more flexible in its offerings and how it goes and how it helps students choose what they are going to learn about. Yeah, they're really going to have to rethink this. I mean, the education system is still the same one that's been around that was created. You know, I had heard, uh, you know, you know, it was created for the some pretty big families to create the worker bees. And we haven't changed that system, you know. Self-education allows you to grow into who you want to be. Standard education just says, hey, go do it this way. Some of it, yep. like, I'm sorry, biology, chemistry, like, what am I doing with that? Right. And it's not knocking right. it. I get it. There's a place. There's a purpose for it. If you're going to be a doctor, nurse, and engineer, I want you to have that piece of paper. I want you to know what the heck you're doing. But in a lot of other areas, I think you can fast track it. You know, that's just our opinion on that one. But I hear it over and over again. You know, typically when when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of the outcome. You know, what should people expect when they enter Jesse's reality and work with you through your coaching and your masterminds? You know, I think I think a big part of what I have learned from masterminds and what I've learned from coaching programs 
is that a lot of our issues aren't necessarily the skill sets as much as it is the mindset. It's the limiting beliefs that we have surrounding even a vision that we have, what we're capable of, what's, you know, what's limiting us or keeping us from actually experiencing our vision or our goal. And, you know, from going through all of the things that I've gone through when it comes to being in the entertainment business from, you know, the guy that really wanted to be the star that wanted to do the world tours that wanted to do all these things to then going back into the business sector and, and really honing in on my entrepreneurial skills and learning how to build businesses and learning how to scale businesses. And then going back into the entertainment space. One of the things that I've, I've realized is that in the entertainment business, and when I say entertainment business, I'm talking about people that are, you know, wanting to be producers or singers or dancers or actors. There's a very archaic model that's much like our that's much like our education system that has been built on these, you know, this model of you need these certain people, your talent agents, your 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 you know booking agents, all these kinds of people in order to make it, quote unquote. But really, when when we have a vision to when we have a vision to do something, like for instance, perform on stage, the reason why we have a that vision is because we also have a feeling that we're trying to obtain through that vision. More often than not, we have this vision because that's what our lens is used to seeing. So we automatically then attribute to if I want to have this happen, it's got to look like this. What I've learned over the years is that. There are a bunch of ways to accomplish living out your passion that don't require you to go the traditional route of going to auditions, getting a talent agent, hopefully being the one out of 500 people that show up that audition that is going to get chosen. Like everybody's trying to go through the front door. I show people how to get in through the back door because every front door has a back door. And what I have... And even through my, my dance show and everything else, I have learned that you've been given passions and skill sets and that you can find how those two intersect to actually be able to do what you want to do. It might not look anything like you thought, but it'll guarantee you it'll make you feel the way that you expected it to feel. It'll still be able to make you give you the lifestyle you want to live. It'll still be able to give you the option to, to work with the people that you dreamed of working with. It will, it will give you more flexibility than you ever could have imagined. And you still be able to make the impact that you want to make. And you don't have to rely on somebody else helping you get that big break moment. You can go out and create it your own. And that's really what we do inside of our, our coaching program and our mastermind program is we help people learn how to go create their own big break, how to be able to get the brand deals, how to be able to work with the kinds of people, how to collaborate, how to be able to perform in front of thousands of people without having to go the traditional routes. And the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to move somewhere to do it. You don't have to go to some big metropolitan area. I don't care if you're in an area that's got a hundred people and you know thousands of acres of farmland. You can make it happen if you get really clear on the things that we help you get clear on so that you can go out and execute and build that big break for yourself. Yeah. And when when I hear you say that, that makes me think of, you know, hey, are we okay with yellow cab? No, that's where Uber 
and Lyft came into play. They took a, a broken system that we, if we were still using it today, gosh, think of, think of all the problems that would still be out there. And, and what you're, you know, and, and, and what you're doing is, is you're just, you're taking what we look as, as common knowledge and saying, I'm not okay with needing five pieces of bread to make one sandwich. You're cutting out the pieces that don't need to be there and putting the power back into the people. And I love when I hear something like that is going against the norm. And it's not going against the norm, really. Just doing it a better way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sure there's been some amazing success stories. You know, people surprise you from time to time and what they've been able to accomplish because they went through your coaching, your mastermind. If you wouldn't mind, and if you can share details, names, and that that's great. If not, and we have to, you know, anonymity, we, we, uh, we respect that here on the Mastermind Effect. But give us a success story of what someone was able to accomplish because they went through your coaching and your mastermind. You know, I, I can tell you right now, I have a client in particular that was really struggling with, again, leaning into the the who and the why behind their business, which was really the passion behind their business. And they are in a network marketing program and had done well before, you know, they they started working with me. But once we started getting really crystal clear on what were her limiting beliefs that were keeping her from that were keeping her from, you know, hitting her ceiling, so to speak. She would hit this ceiling and come back down, hit the ceiling and come back down, hit the ceiling and come back down. You know, when she, when we finally identified that and started to, to really help her uh, realize, you know, what, what she was good at was actually adding value to the people that she wanted to, to reach and how that, how that happened. I mean, she doubled their income. She went from 15,000 to, $30,000 a month in income in six months, just from, just from overcoming limiting beliefs. And, you know, the thing of it is, is it's not a one-time fix. It's not something that, you know, somebody says, Oh, here's my issue. Because now what the issue is, is that now that you know what the problem is and you know where you need to go, you need somebody that's going to continue helping you navigate through the, the rocky terrain. It's going to, that you have to go through to get to where you want to go. And you know, and, and that's, that's been the thing that even she has said has been one, she wanted, she needed somebody that was going to speak life into her. And that's one of the things that we do is we continually to speak life into our clients because they have a lot of doubt. You know, it might look like they have it all together, especially in the entertainment spot. We're taught to make it look like we have everything together. We're taught to make it look pretty with Instagram filters and TikTok filters and all the kind of filters that are out there. And then we have all the things you don't see behind the scenes, which is the inner voice that we're battling all the time. And so, you know, when you have somebody that's speaking life into you and continually telling you that you can and giving you tools and strategies that you can use to overcome your own limiting beliefs and, and having that being somebody that you're meeting with constantly, it helps you recalibrate. It helps you recalibrate because there's a lot of time between, you know, I be, usually meet with my personal coaching clients and meet with them once a week. There's a lot of time between, you know, Wednesday to Wednesday, a lot can happen between that time. And so, you know, it's been, it's been fun just to hear her talk about how she loves what she does again. And she's seeing herself not only connect with her business, but her husband and her kids again. And so her 
job or her business is not, is not something she's a slave to, but her business is something that she uses as a vehicle to help her actually do what she ultimately wants to do, which is, you know, it's a lot of fun to be a part of something like that. Yeah. And, and that's when you get to work on your business as opposed to in your business. When you work in your business, you work for the business. I don't care if you own it. You, you're an employee of the business. Working on it, you just you get a different perspective on your passions, how to move the needle, and then the people around you. Yeah, just such a big thing right there. Uh, you know, when when we go on the solo shows, a lot of the time we talk about success and the pillars of success. And what does it take to be successful? I'm building a company around success. You know, to me, a few other things are mentorship, experimentation, partnerships, which you've experienced partnerships, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success. Because when you define success, you in essence have defined failure. And that's why so many people just don't define what success is to them. What do you feel as a key attribute when it comes to being successful? This is a, this is a, a great question. And I've put a lot of time into this because I've had to redefine success a lot of times in my journey. I used to think that success meant a certain amount of money in my bank account. I had somebody tell me one time that, oh, that's easy for you to say. I usually hear that when people say that success is not defined by money, they're broke. And that's not, that's not true. There has been times I've made the most money in my life and been the most unhappy that I have been. I find that success isn't defined by your, by your bank account. It's not defined by the relationships because you can have great relationships with people and be broke and that's not getting you anywhere either. So one of the things that I have, I personally define success around is how much peace do I have? How much peace do I have when I wake up in the morning? Cause I personally know what it's like to wake up with anxiety every single day that you don't know if you can get out of bed. Cause you have all these thoughts of chaos and you don't know where to go that it paralyzes you. And, and at that time I had a lot of money, no money could buy peace. I've also had amazing relationships and granted they being, being around amazing people helps, but people can't give you peace, you know, but I've also had peace when the money hasn't been as prevalent, but been a lot more happy. I've also had peace when I haven't had the people around me that I might you know, enjoy being around, but I still have peace. I have found that there is nothing that can, that can substitute peace. And so when it comes to success, if there's not peace in it, there's not success in it for me. Wow. I haven't heard it defined that way before. And, and it's so, so true. If you wake up in the morning and you have that anxiety all day long, when you're sleeping, there's no moment in your day that you don't just feel at peace. And that's so, so true. I appreciate you sharing that because I know that that's an intimate thing right there to go through that. And I really appreciate you sharing a few more questions. I feel it's easy to be successful in times of prosperity, or it's easier, I should say. When the world's winning, it's easier (laughs) to find those wins. But I think ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. The world is still feeling the squeeze. Yep. What are you working on right now that is going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? You know, 
I think one of the things that has been a huge benefit again is from all of the things that have gone on is just the partnerships that I've had. You know, I really desire, I, I really have a strong desire to impact people's life. I know what it's like being the kid sitting in, you know, Superior, Wisconsin with less than 25,000 people and no attachment to the entertainment space at all. And thinking about dreaming about what it would be like to dance next to Justin Timberlake. Cause that's, that was me. When the like, I love you video came out for his first solo album, like literally I would lay in bed and picture myself at the seven 11 next to him with the same black leather jacket dancing with him and having Marty Kadelka, you know, who was his choreographer, like working with all those guys. Like I would think about all of that. And so I really understand what it's like to be a dreamer. I understand what it's like to be somebody that's trying to, to make it. I, I, when I first got out to LA, I went to a hundred auditions, a hundred before I heard my first yes. I heard a hundred no's. And I remember calling people and sometimes crying because I wanted it so bad. And I just thought, man, is this really going to suck? Because I was a super prideful kid. And I walked around when I, when I, when I came home from my, my audition down in Florida and I got chosen by, you know, decided who I was going to sign with. I went and told everybody that I was going to go tear up LA. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so I go there real big, real cocky and get put in my place real quick. And after your 10th audition and they tell, you, no, you're like, I think I screwed up here. And and so um, I know what it's like to have that dream. And, you know, when I started to, when I redefined that this is where I wanted to be and who, whose life I wanted to impact, one of the biggest challenges that I had was that I didn't have the credibility in the industry the same way that I used to. I hadn't been in that industry, especially in the dance world since 2006. Um, I had still stayed dancing, but I wasn't even dancing in the dance industry. It was a lot of like, you know, high school assemblies and all that kind of stuff. So I was super unplugged. So I didn't have the influence there, but I still had the desire, but what has come out of the show? And this is why it's so important. If you find who you want to impact, the how will come. And, you know, out of our dance show, we were able to make a lot of impact. We had 1200 kids audition for our first season of our worldwide dance challenge show. Uh, was amazing. We had, we, we gave a, we gave first place to uh, a kid in Guam that, you know, up till then, I mean, he's still getting publicity from winning the worldwide dance challenge. Super cool. Right. And it's, he's so excited about it, but I was able to start to, to build relationships again with the dance industry. And I'm actually working with a really big name choreographer, helping him build his coaching program so he can make an impact in the dance world. And one of the things that I've realized is that you don't need to be the one in the forefront. You can be the one that's assisting the one that's in the spotlight. And to me, the impact's all the same. And so I'm super excited for what we're building with him. I mean, we're, we still got worldwide dance challenge season two, that's going to be coming around. We've got goals for a 20, $25,000 grand prize. It's my goal for season one. We did give away $5,000 for season, uh, season one. We're giving, I want to give away 25 for season two, but you know, I, I really want to change a thousand dancers life, uh, in the next 12 months. And I think with this partnership with, with this choreographer and, and uh, who's worked with some of the biggest names in, uh, on stage and still is, 
you know, I think that that's going to be super exciting and, and it's, he's agreed to also come and be a judge on season two. So that's going to be uh, amazing. Um, so I'm just super excited about all the things that are going to happen. But again, it, it came from me really getting clear on giving myself permission to pursue what I was passionate about and figuring out how to combine that with what I'm good at so that I could actually impact the people that I was meant to impact. Yeah. There, there it is again, giving yourself permission. You found out, you realized who you wanted to impact. The how is now here. Mm-hmm. Just remember that. Give yourself permission. Yep. Who do you want to impact? The how will come. So, all right. Last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this today implemented it over the next 30, 60, 90 days would see real impact on their personal or business life. You know, this might not be life-changing. We've been talking about it pretty much this entire interview. And I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you because it literally, it, it made such an impact in my life that I, it's, it's the advice that I'm giving everybody. I've been giving it for the last, the last year almost. And the problem is, is it's, it's so simple that people overlook it because they want this ninja tricks and how am I going to tweak my Facebook ad? And you know, how, what's the Instagram, the, the, the Instagram secret that's going to make my feed blow up. Um, none of that matters. If you don't get really clear on these three questions. And I, I think that it's, it's just so imperative. The first question is, is who do I really want to impact? I know that that sounds basic. And I know that that sounds like, dude, you've been talking about that, but really my, 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 my question to you or my challenge to you is not just to hear the question. My challenge to you is to genuinely answer it. Now I took, it literally took me eight hours to answer these three questions. The reason for it is because I needed to get really honest. Don't answer it based on who you think somebody wants you to say, answer it for what you really want it to be. Like, and genuinely know it to be like, you'll know it when you answer it. And the reason why I knew it was because I was so scared to say that that was the person because genuinely the person that you want to impact the most is going to have the most limiting beliefs around. And so I answered my question, who do I want to impact? The second was how can I impact them? You know, when I answered my, my, when I got my who it was like, listen, I, I know who I want to impact. How can I impact them? Well, listen, I'm a, I'm, yes, I danced. That's going to give me uh, a like, no, and trust factor. I, I can say some jobs that I worked on, but I also know what I have and in my tool belt that I can give them. I knew that at the time the dance world was shaken with COVID much like everybody else's world was shaken. All the places for them to perform and, and to compete Pete and everything was taken down. Well, I used my business knowledge to build them a platform to do what they wanted to do, which was gain exposure, compete and showcase their talent and build community. I took my skill sets and I, I, with, with Zach's help, we built it out. So that was, I, I learned how I could do that. Now, when we first started the show, did we have all the answers on how we were going to make the show? No. I didn't have a freaking clue. If you saw our first episode for the show versus what we got now, you'd laugh. But here's the third thing. And this is where I think so many people get hung up because they spend so much time building a plan that looks and sounds good. 
and they don't ever take any action on it because it's so freaking complicated. Because we are so, we fall in love with the plan instead of falling in love with the purpose. And so what I'll tell you is the third step is what is the next step I can take? Give yourself a win. Some of the most, some of the most profitable plans, some of the most effective plans have just one step. And so answer just the question, not what do you want to do 10 years from now? Great. It's great to get this big vision, this Greg Bandios vision. The problem is, is the vision is so big. So no step that you take feels like it's getting you any closer. So you get discouraged. You need to figure out how to build momentum, but to build momentum, you need to get wins. The quickest and easiest way to give yourself a win is just to figure out what the next step is. And that's all you do is the next step. And then re, re reconvene reanalyze what's the next step after that and just keep taking one step in front of the other. And I'm telling you, it will lead you where you need to go. And we, we couldn't have left it off on a better, more simple note. Sometimes the simplest things are the most hard things to see and, 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 and to reach out to. We've got the co-founder of Worldwide Dance Challenge and founder of My Creative District, Jesse Paul Smith. Jesse, man, thank you so much for spending your time today and, and what you've given us. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it, brother. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having a conversation with me. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode.